Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for June 28th, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys. But before we get into that, if you guys haven't already, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you may be listening to this, please make sure to leave a review. I would greatly appreciate that. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. When you look at the position, I think that the Cowboys are only going to carry two quarterbacks, just like they did last year. It's going to be Dak Prescott and most likely Cooper Rush. I believe that Will Greer is going to be on the practice squad again. I think they like Will Greer. I, you know, I really think that they do like Will Greer in the role that he's playing, but we'll talk about Will Greer later. Really, the only quarterback that's worth talking about is Dak Prescott. There's no controversy here. You remember last year when Cooper Rush was leading the Cowboys to like the 27th ranked offense in the league? And there were headlines all over ESPN and Fox Sports and all over social media. Is there a controversy in Dallas? Is there a quarterback controversy? There was never a quarterback controversy in Dallas. Cooper Rush, he came in, he did his job, salute to him, but there was never a controversy uh, in this team. Nobody even really addressed it. Outside of Jerry Jones, I mean, sometimes Jerry Jones just really annoys me with some of the stuff that he says because he feeds into all these, you know, haters on social media and in the media. You know, he feeds into it and then some, you know, because with that quote, it was going to get picked up. It was going to make headlines. He knew what he was doing, but there was no way that they were going to give Cooper Rush that starting uh, position. I shouldn't even be talking about it. You know, I digress. But uh, when we're looking at Dak Prescott, to me, I talked about this on the last episode. I just need him to be efficient. That's all I need him to be this year. I don't need him to put up godly numbers. You know, if he turns in a season where he puts in 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and eight interceptions, I think that's a really good thing for the Cowboys. Because the defense is so good that if you're not turning the ball over and you're forcing teams to drive the length of the field, they're going to have a very hard time doing that. You know, like when you look back at why the Cowboys won with Cooper Rush, they won because he wasn't turning the ball over and they were forcing teams to drive the length of the field. And that defense was playing at a very high level when Cooper Rush was the quarterback of this team. I hope that they get back to that, uh, you know, but I hope that they stay consistent throughout the course of the season at that high level, which I think they will. I think they will. You know, we'll talk about the defense later. But when you look at Dak, again, all I need is, Give me 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions. If you give me that stat line, I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, like a few years ago, I think it was in 2021, Aaron Rodgers didn't put up godly numbers. But what did he do? He was efficient. He didn't turn the ball over. And because of that, the defense, which was really good for the Packers, won them a lot of football games that year. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers was great, but he didn't hurt his defense. You know, he was complimenting the defense by playing efficient football. And I think Doc is capable of doing that 
Matter of fact, I think that because the Cowboys have this new West Coast system where they're more predicated on timing and these, you know, uh, quick passes and quick decisions, I think that that's actually going to really help Dak Prescott. You know, I, I think that Dak is going to have a very good year for the Cowboys this year. Maybe it might not be statistically his best year, but I mean, what is the like? I think that Kirk Cousins, this might sound like a hot take. I think he's going to lead the league in passing because I think the Vikings defense is going to be awful and they're going to be behind in so many games that they're going to have to pass a ton. I don't want that to be the case with us. Like, I don't need Dak to put up 5,000 yards. You know, I, I don't need that from him. I've seen him do that and it's gotten us nowhere. And that's one thing, right? Like, when we talk about Dak Prescott's interceptions, we do have to realize that this man has been playing outside of these past two seasons with poor defenses. And there was a safety that came out and said, you know, we don't really give full effort on every single play. It's hard to do that. Like, that's what Dak was dealing with over the course of his career. You know, so I think that that's kind of instilled in Dak's head where it's like, I got to make a play here. I got to make a play here. But it's like, you don't have to make a play in every situation. Obviously, there's going to be times where it calls for you to make a play, obviously. And and we're really going to know that throughout the course of the game. But I think Dak is just in his head to where he's like, I got to make a play. I got to make a play because it's been so instilled with him ever since his rookie year. You know, they had a pretty good defense his rookie year. But outside of that, 2018, 2019, their defense was pretty solid. But other than that, and, and the last two years, of course. But, you know, I don't want Dak to feel like that. I want him to say, okay, I'm going to check the ball down here because my defense is so good. We're going to we're going to force the other off the other team's offense to make a play against arguably the most talented defense in the league. And if it's as good as we think it is, this could be a you know, defense that we look at in the future and say, "Man, that was one of them ones." You know, cuz there's we'll talk about the defense, man. I I just love the personnel that they have on this defense. And, and all Dak, I think, should, should be worried about is complimenting that defense with the way he plays. And I think that Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are really going to place an emphasis on limiting turnovers. That's one thing that Brian Schottenheimer did in Seattle. You hear Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN talk about it and how Brian Schottenheimer really prioritizes limiting turnovers. And that's all we need uh, him to come in here and do. Now, granted, it is Mike McCarthy's offense, but I think that Mike McCarthy is going to put Dak in the best position to succeed. You heard James Jones the other day on Speak with LaShawn McCoy talking about how Mike McCarthy puts his guys in the best position to succeed. I really do believe in Mike McCarthy. I do. And one thing that I really like about Mike McCarthy is that this is a collaborative effort. It's a collaborative effort from the quarterback, from the offensive coordinator, from the position coaches. You heard about Kellen Moore that he wasn't really receptive to other people's opinion. It was really either his way or the highway. And he got annoyed that Mike McCarthy got in his way in terms of putting a quota on him to run the football. I don't think that's going to be the case with Mike McCarthy. If Dak comes up to him and says, hey, you want to know what? I'm not really feeling this. Mike McCarthy's going to be like, all right, cool. We're not going to call that pie. Or if Dak screws up, I think that Mike McCarthy will get in Dak's face. Something that Kellen Moore didn't do. And that's fine. Like, that's fine. Holding your quarterback accountable is completely fine. Like, this is sports. And the way to get the best out of your players is to get in their face sometime and be confrontational. And I don't think that Mike McCarthy's afraid to do that. And I think that he will do that with Dak Prescott if he senses 
kind of that regression to throwing the amount of interceptions that he did the prior season. I think that Mike McCarthy will get in his face and hold him accountable and then ultimately fix the problem because that's one thing that Kellen Moore didn't do. He didn't fix the problem. When there was a problem presented, he didn't adjust. He was just like, you want to know what, Doc? We're going to throw you in second and two, empty set, after Tony Pollard gets injured. You're not putting your quarterback in the best position to succeed. And I think that that's going to change with Mike McCarthy. And I think that that's going to be big for the Cowboys this season. One thing that I want to do is separate what I want to happen and what I think will happen. Okay, so I think that Dak Prescott is going to throw a fair share of interceptions this upcoming season. I think he'll probably throw about 12 to 15. But if he plays 17 games and throws the amount of touchdowns that I think he will throw, because I think he's going to throw 35 to 40 touchdowns, you can live with the 15 interceptions if your quarterback's throwing 40 touchdowns, which I think is going to be the case with Dak Prescott. I'm not saying that that, that exact number 40, but I think 35 to 40 is what he'll throw. You know, like, look, Dak Prescott really tried to push the ball down the field more into tighter windows. Like, that's something that he did this past season that he hasn't done in previous seasons. And I don't necessarily expect that to change. I think that that's going to be the norm with Dak Prescott going forward. But if if he can be more selective on when he, when he plans to do that, I think that that's going to be huge for the Cowboys. You know, because earlier I was talking about how I want Dak to throw for about 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That is an efficient stat line right there. And if Dak Prescott can be efficient for the Cowboys, they're going to have a very successful season. And I still think that even if Dak is putting up big numbers and throwing a bunch of touchdowns with 12 to 15 interceptions, I don't mind that either because your quarterback's making plays at that point. You know, like I think that it's more sustainable if you play in the manner that I want Dak to play, which is just orchestrate the offense when we need you to make a play make a play but this defense is so damn good that the only time that teams are going to score is when they have a short field and obviously you know though there will be a breakdown in the secondary whatever it may be in the defensive score but I mean like I just don't see Dak Prescott lowering his interceptions to the extent where he's throwing less than 10 in a 17 game season you know like I hope that's the case I hope that Dak lowers his turnover uh, uh, number or his interceptions number you know, but at the same time, I don't blame all of his interceptions on him. I mean, there were throws that he made into the right window to the right receiver and the receiver didn't run the right route or the receiver dropped the ball and damn near handed it to the defensive back. There were situations like that. And I think if the Cowboys are able to clean that up, that'll be huge for Dak's interception problem. But I think that we need to stop harping on the interceptions, to be honest with you. Good quarterbacks throw interceptions. Josh Allen throws a ton of interceptions. You know, good quarterbacks turn the ball over too. Trevor Lawrence has 29 turnovers in the last two seasons. Other quarterbacks turn the ball over. You know, the only reason why there's such a spotlight on Dak Prescott's interception number is because he's Dak Prescott and he plays for the Cowboys. That's pretty much all it is. Because Matt Stafford threw like 20 interceptions last season in 2021. But he won the Super Bowl, so you know, it is it is what it is. That's a force multiplier there. But nobody harped on him even during the season. Nobody's harping on Josh Allen for his interceptions. Matter of fact, you want to know what Dan Orlovsky said on ESPN about Josh Allen's interceptions? That's just football. But then he'll turn around and, and criticize Dak for his interceptions. Oh, he threw an interception on a slant in cover three. You should never do that. Okay, and you should never just 
damn near hand the ball off to, uh, you know, the defense like Josh Allen does from time to time. Okay, quarterbacks make mistakes. It is what it is. Offenses make mistakes. That look bad on the quarterback because it, it, it increases that number in a column. But it depends on how you look at interceptions. The way coaches look at interceptions are this. Okay, they'll review the tape. They'll assess it. They'll review it. They'll give it a grade. And then they'll just move on with their life. You know, they don't look at it as a column, as a number in a column. They look at it on a play-by-play basis. What could the quarterback have done better here? What could the receiver have done better here? What could the offensive line have done better here? You know, like most people haven't played football that talk about it and try to think that they know about the game. Like that's just, that's just a fact. Because like I said, you do not look at interceptions as a number in a column. You look at it on a play-by-play basis. Okay, because you're not just going to, like, that to me, like, when people, I don't even bring up interceptions when I'm talking about quarterbacks, to be honest with you. You know, because I would have to go back and watch the tape because there are quarterbacks that, yeah, like, just like Dak this year, make good, good decisions, and for some reason, the ball ends up in another team's hands. It's not because the quarterback made the bad decision. No, he can make a good decision, and there's plenty of things that could happen that could force an interception. That's why I try not to really go at certain quarterbacks for that. Now, if there's just a low light reel of the quarterbacks damn near throwing the ball to the other team, then that's that that's one thing. But that's not what Dak Prescott was doing this year. He was trying new things out, and I commend him for it. But at the same time, I still do think he's going to throw his fair share of interceptions. And that's okay. As long as he's making plays like he did last season, it is what it is. You know, like that's the type of quarterback that Dak is starting to become. And that's fine. It is what it is. Dak's one of the very best quarterbacks in this game. And even the best quarterbacks turn the ball over. You know, when Andrew Luck was turning the ball over, you remember that? Colin Coward was was, uh, on on that show, I remember. Because I used to actually think that Colin Coward knew what he was talking about. He was talking about Andrew Luck. Oh, good quarterbacks throw interceptions. Don't worry about it. Oh. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree with this point, but now quarterbacks throw interceptions. They suck. They need to be off the field. It's just ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous the way people view the game of football. It's not the way I view it. I view it in the coach's manner or in the coach's lenses. Show me the play. Let's review the play. And if it's on the quarterback, it's on the quarterback. And we'll make adjustments to that. We'll talk to the quarterback. We'll get into his mind. Hey, what were you thinking on this throw? You know, why did you throw it into this window? You could have thrown it into that window. You know, there's so many things that go on within the course of a play other than just, oh, the quarterback sucks because he threw an interception. It's just, oh man, it's just so annoying. It's so annoying. How is Brandon Cooks going to help out Dak Prescott this season? One thing that I really like about the Brandon Cooks addition is that they finally replaced Amari Cooper's skill set. I didn't mind moving on from Amari Cooper if you were able to find an adequate replacement for him. The Cowboys didn't. That's why I had a problem with them moving on from Amari Cooper. But I think that they found a very solid replacement for Amari Cooper with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has a very similar skill set to Amari Cooper. He's a route tech, and that's something that was missing in 
in this offense this past season. Now the Cowboys have that, and I think that that's really going to help out Dak Prescott this upcoming season. I think that, especially in this West Coast offense, a guy that can get open in, you know, in a short period, in a short period of time with the short area quickness that Brandon Cooks has, I think that that's going to be very good for this offense. And I think that's going to help out Dak Prescott a lot. Like We talk about Brandon Cooks' ability to stretch the field, and obviously that's a real thing. Brandon Cooks has 4-3 speed. Apparently he's still running a 4-3, even at 29 years old, which by the way, isn't old. Like There's people who think that this guy is washed up. I would have to completely disagree with them. Brandon Cooks is not a washed up receiver. He's only 29. Stephon Diggs is 29 years old. Okay. And Brandon Cooks, yes, he only had 700 yards this past season, but he also played 13 games. He was playing on the Texans. He probably wasn't motivated at all this past season. So I think that we're going to get a motivated Brandon Cooks this upcoming season playing with a, a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott. And I think that, that they're going to do big things. I think that he's going to be a very good player in this offense. I expect 1,000 yards from Brandon Cooks. Why shouldn't I expect 1,000 yards from Brandon Cooks? I think he has, what, six 1,000-yard seasons? He's a very consistent receiver. You know, people talk about Mike Evans being consistent, and he is, no doubt about it. Mike Evans is one of the most consistent receivers in football. Same goes for Brandon Cooks. You know what to expect from this guy. And that's the one thing that I like about that addition for the Cowboys is that they're bringing in somebody that you know what you're getting. They're not bringing in an undrafted free agent rookie or they're not drafting or, or they're not bringing in a draft pick that they picked up in the third or fourth round or they're not picking a free agent that maybe didn't have their way with another team so they're going to try and revitalize his career like no Brandon Cooks you know what you're getting from this guy you're getting a productive receiver you're getting a guy that's going to stretch the field you're getting a guy who's going to be able to get open who's going to be able to separate who's going to be able to be a very solid route runner for this offense and that's the biggest thing that Brandon Cooks is going to bring and that's how it's going to help out Dak Prescott Doc Prescott, and, and here's the thing with Doc, he wants those heady type of receivers. Like he needs to play with a, a shoulder up type of receiver. You know, that's why I think he worked so well with Cole Beasley. That's why he worked so well with Cooper and Cedric Wilson. Those guys strive with the shoulder up stuff. Like CeeDee Lamb's a tremendous athlete, and that's where I think his game really shines, his athletic ability. But I think when it comes to the shoulder up type of receivers like Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams, those type of guys, I don't necessarily classify CeeDee Lamb in that way. I'm not saying that CeeDee Lamb, you know, isn't a smart football player like he is, but he's just not those guys. Like those guys, that's their calling card, I personally believe. You know, they know where to be, when to be. You, you know, there's rarely miscommunication with those guys. They're very smart receivers. Again, not saying that CeeDee Lamb's not smart. I'm just saying that it, it's just a different level with these guys. And, yeah, I think that that's really how he's going to help out Dak Prescott. You know, just a guy that I think will be on the same page with Dak from day one. They're already getting reps in in the Dak yard. I think that day one, this guy is just going to click with this offense. I think that that's the type of guy he is. You know, like T.Y. Hilton was pretty solid for what we expected for a receiver that got signed in December, who was a free agent damn near all of last season. Like, T.Y. Hilton was fine for the Cowboys. You know, I think that him and Dak had a had an okay rapport uh, this past season, even though he came in, you know, 90% through the season. 
So I expect the same thing with Brandon Cooks. Pretty much think T.Y. Hilton, but just better. You know, not saying all time that T.Y. Hilton or that Brandon Cooks is better than T.Y. Hilton. You know, from an all time perspective, obviously T.Y. Hilton's better than him. But just right now, Brandon Cooks is a better receiver out of the two. So I think that that's going to be a huge addition for the Cowboys. And I think that's really going to help out Dak Prescott. Let's move on to everybody's favorite quarterback from weeks two to week six. That's Super Cooper Trooper Rush. Uh, here's my thing with Cooper Rush. I respect what he did. He came in. He did his job. He didn't turn the ball over all that much until that Philly game where, you know, he really lost that game for them. Like, I think if we would have gotten a better Cooper Rush that game, they might have won that game. However, it's not the case. I think that Cooper Rush is an okay backup. However, I think that there are better options out there. Now, I know you can't move on from Cooper Rush. Like, you can't cut him from this team and move on because – we're not playing Madden here. You know, like locker room dynamics are a thing. And if you were to move on for Cooper Rush for the guy that I want the Cowboys to move on from or move on to, I'll get to that in a second. It wouldn't sit well with the locker room. And not only that, Cooper Rush has familiarity with this offense. Even though they're moving to a new offense, they did say that 70% of the offense is going to stay the same. Yeah, I think 30% of the playbook is going to change. That is a nice chunk, but, you know, Cooper Rush, I think they really like him, and especially the fact that he went 4-1 and one over that span from Week 2 to Week 6. That's going to really bode well for him, even though I don't think that Cooper Rush did that much within that time period. Okay, like, Dallas's defense was playing at a historically great level within that time frame, from Weeks 2 to Week 6. Week 1 to Week 6, to be honest with you. And on, you know, they played some really good defense there. But I think that if the defense wasn't playing as good as it was, they probably go one and four in those games. Like Cooper Rush did nothing for the Cowboys to win that game. Actually, the only thing he did was not turn the ball over. That's pretty much the only thing he contributed to the offense. If I were the GM of the Cowboys, I would move on from Cooper Rush and I would sign Carson Wentz. Now, like I said, I understand locker room dynamics are a thing, and this isn't Madden, but when you look at Carson Wentz, he's way more talented than Cooper Rush. You're not asking this guy to be a starter. He is a starter-level quarterback. This is a guy that can push the ball down the field vertically. He's mobile. He's everything you want in a backup quarterback. But, I mean, look, the, the personality is a thing. Like, that's a real thing with Carson Wentz. People... Do not gravitate towards him. He does not galvanize the troops. However, if Doc, I'm going to knock on wood, if Doc were to go down, like, are we confident in Cooper Rush to win us ball games? Are we confident in that? Now there's, a, you know, a good bit of tape out on Cooper Rush. But if you were to bring in a guy like Carson Wentz, I would at least feel confident that our offense could make things happen. When Cooper Rush was starting for the Cowboys, it was, okay, how well is the defense going to play today? It's because I knew what to, to expect from the offense. The offense was so bad with Cooper Rush as a quarterback. So for me, I don't think that he's this guy that the Cowboys can't move on from. If they had the opportunity to move on from him, I would have appreciated if they did. Just because I don't really think he provides much as a quarterback, even as a backup quarterback. He he did his job. He didn't turn the ball over, but he he did nothing to contribute to winning. 
And I think at the very least, if you were to bring in a guy like Carson Wentz, he would at least be able to give you a chance in situations where, let's just say, maybe your defense isn't too hot that day. Carson Wentz is the type of guy who can have good games and carry a team from time to time. Again, I'm not saying that he's the superstar quarterback. He's not that. But as a backup quarterback, I wouldn't mind having Carson Wentz. You know, I would feel confident in our situation with him as a starting quarterback if he needed to be. And I know that and that might be a controversial opinion. And I understand why people don't like Carson Wentz. And and look, the person like I said earlier, the personality thing is a real issue. But from a talent standpoint, you can't deny this guy. He is a he's a talent. And when you're looking at a backup quarterback, you know, maybe the shoulder up stuff is more important as a backup quarterback. Matter of fact, it is. But man, I just don't feel confident in Cooper Rush because you started to see it throughout the weeks. Uh, he was horrible against the Los Angeles Rams. They won that game because the special teams and the defense put them in a great position. And Tony Pollard had that long run against the Rams. He was really bad against Philly. You know, he was starting to really wear out his welcome there by the end of his tenure as a starting quarterback. And that's the thing that scares me because now there's tape out on the guy. And it's not necessarily a complex study on how to stop this guy. You know, so I, I like, look, I'm worried about the backup quarterback position. And I know that might be a controversial take because I, I understand why the fan base really loves Cooper Rush. And I love Cooper Rush. You know, I think he's a great guy. And I think that there is a spot for him on this team, you know, not as a backup quarterback, I don't think. Like, I'm really worried about that position. You know, the backup quarterback, it's not really a position, but, you know, I, I just I worry about that. And that's all I'm saying. Cooper Rush was about to wear, was wearing out his welcome by the time it was time for Dak to come back in. And that's the one thing I'm skeptical about when it comes to Cooper Rush. Let's talk about Will Greer here. There's not really much to talk about. Look, he's talented. He has a big arm and he's mobile. He's the perfect practice squad quarterback. He's able to emulate some of these other quarterbacks in the league that are able to throw with different arm angles and they're able to manipulate their body in a certain type of way. That's what Will Greer is able to do for the practice squad. He's a great practice squad quarterback and I don't see the Cowboys moving on from him. And, you know, one thing that I think that the Cowboys really do value is continuity. And that's one thing that these quarterbacks are going to have going into the season. I talked about it a little bit earlier. 70% of the playbook is going to stay the same. And I think that they value guys who know the playbook in and out. And I think that Will Greer has gotten to that point. I think this is what, Will Greer's second year with the Cowboys? I think he got signed in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he's going into, what, year three for the Cowboys? So, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I like Will Greer. He seems like a good guy. And uh, I think that he's... Perfect for the practice squad, but I don't see him making the 53-man roster. They were talking about a rule for a third quarterback, so if that's the case, why not keep Will Greer? I'm fine with that. But that's going to be it for the podcast. So, guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate that. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever it may be, please leave a review. Those greatly help. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review.
We'll, we'll see, see you next time, time on, on the, the Cowboys, Cowboys Beat, Beat Audio, Audio Podcast. Podcast.